probably about five years till, till I realized this isn't going to work out. This first tip I've received is not going to make me rich. And eventually the, the company dissolved and it no longer exists as it was. And that was my worst investment. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk. But to win big, you've got to reduce it. My name is Andrew Stotts from A. Stotts Investment Research, and I'm here with featured guest Tyler Stewart. Tyler, are you ready to rock? Absolutely. All right. So Tyler has always been an educator at heart whether it was his previous life as a stock trader or his current life as head of investor relations at Real Crowd, an online commercial real estate investing platform with over $6 billion in deals. Tyler has made teaching investing fundamentals his life's mission. This mission led to the founding of two nationally recognized educational platforms, the Real crowd podcasts where top investing minds discuss the most pressing pressing issues facing investors today and my goodness there's a lot of those today looking at the markets and how high they are and all of that so many fascinating things mm -hmm. that we could talk about <laughs> real crowd university is the other one and that's a free in-depth educational course that will teach you the fundamentals of real estate investing. Tyler, take a minute and fill in any further tidbits about your life. Well, outside of the investing world, I also coach a fourth grade boys basketball team. And if your listeners can help me out, our team name is For The Memes. I didn't pick the name. My players did. I have no idea what it means. So if any of your listeners know what For The Memes means, please send me an email. There you go. Fantastic. Okay. There's a challenge to the audience. Because I don't know either. <laughs> I'll, I'll share the info with you as well. I wish I could help. Well, all right. Now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it and then tell us your story. Yeah, so this one goes way back. So my freshman year in high school, I was taking a business class and I can't tell you a lot of the lessons I learned from that business class, but I remember one thing the business teacher told me. He said, back in the 80s, I got a tip on Microsoft. I didn't move on it. Had I done that, I would be worth millions. And that stuck with me. And ever since, that, ever since I heard that, all I could think about was the first tip I get, I'm all in. So fast forward to my college years and during the summer, I have a construction job where I'm working seven days a week, 10 to 12 hours a day, and I'm making enough to fund college plus some that we'll call free money. And I was building up this free money. I wasn't sure what I was going to do with it until a coworker at this job said, hey, Tyler, I got a stock tip for you. And as soon as I heard that, that brought me back to high school. And I, I knew this is the first tip I've, I've ever received. I got to go all in. So he gives me the stock tip. It's a pharmaceutical company. They cure any disease you can think of. Cancer, HIV, you name it. 
supposedly this company cures it. So I, I read about it and I say, this is it. I'm rich. And so I, I go all in at about a dollar ten, and the stock, I think within a week went up to a dollar twenty. And this is the first investment I've ever made and seeing about a 10% gain in about a week. One, I think I'm a genius. Two, I'm certain I'm going to be rich. I start doing calculations in my TI-83 plus calculator, trying to figure out what a 10% gain means in a week, what that means in a year, how rich am I going to be? It looks like Warren Buffett's going down as the richest man in the world at the time because of this pharmaceutical company. And so the, a year goes by, the stock hasn't really moved. It's bouncing between a dollar, a dollar 20, hasn't done much. I finished that year of school, go back to this construction job, make some more money and continue to put more in the stock. When, when the stock goes up, I'm the smartest guy in the world. When it goes down, the stock's on sale. And the stock eventually, it went down to 30 cents, which is a pretty significant percentage drop for an investment. And the whole time I'm reading the news, every press release about the stock, I'm going online, checking the forums, seeing what people are saying. I'm reading anything I can about the science. And I have no business reading about the science. I'm, I'm a business guy. I'm getting my major in business, but I'm reading research journals on, on this company, just trying to pretend like I know what I'm doing and trying to reassure myself I'm in the right stock. And, you know, reading forums and seeing people dispute whether or not this, uh, this science actually worked, whether it was good. And I would think in my head, ah, oh, these guys are just fools because of blah, 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 because I read this and this and this, and I know this, this science is going to work out and this stock's going to work out for me. And then it took probably about five years till, till I realized this isn't going to work out. This first tip I've received is not going to make me rich. And eventually the, the company dissolved and it no longer exists as it was. And that was my worst investment. Holy mother of God. And when the company dissolved, did you get anything back or was it just went to zero? Let's just say I, I got pennies on the dollar back. <laughs> and this was a marijuana company or what was it? Sorry. It was a pharmaceutical company. Uh, not, not a marijuana company. <laughs> I'm just joking because it made me think about the tips that are going on right now in the marijuana company realm. Mm, yes. All right. So tell me, what lessons did you learn from this experience? Probably the biggest lesson was you have to know why you're making an investment. You have to know why you're holding an investment and you have to know why you're going to exit an investment. And the reason can't be because you got a tip. It's got to be based on fundamentals. And then probably the other lesson I learned was the performance of your investment does not define you. So when a stock is going up, it doesn't mean I'm the smartest person in the world. When it's going down, it doesn't mean I'm the dumbest person in the world. What your investment does is separate from who you are. And with my first investment, that was something that was hard to come to realization with. It was tough for me to separate the two. 
but yeah, th those two things, just, just knowing why you're, you're doing the investment and separating your ego from the investment were, were two big things I took away from this. Mm, fantastic. I like the, the whys, right? Why am I buying it? Why am I holding it? And why will I sell it? Or when will I sell it? Mm. And what would be the reason for that? So those are great, great tips. Also, I think what, what I would take away from this story is a couple of things too. After doing many interviews of many people, I've come up with six common mistakes that people mm. make. And this one is really mistake number I would say one and two. Number one is fail to do their own research. And that's mainly because it came from this tip. Now you started to do some research mm -hmm. over time. It's, yeah. you know, who knows what detail of that research. But of course, the re time to do the research usually is before the investment, mm -hmm. not after. So, and the second one is failed to properly assess or manage risk. Mm -hmm. And I think that highlights something for the listeners that, um, the first thing I would say is that, what is this word tip? You know, we always use that. If people use that in uh, investing and I hear people, oh, I got a tip from a friend. Mm -hmm. What the heck is that? You know, when you yeah. think about it, that's like one of the worst words out there because the first thing that it could imply is that you're getting an inside piece of information that you could illegally trade on in mm -hmm. insider trading, right? Like I've got the real tip from the inside, okay? If you really did, which is very rare, but if you really did, you're about to embark on an illegal mm -hmm. transaction. Okay. So let's talk about the other tip, right? I got a friend who likes this company and researched it and worked on it and all that. And that tip concept, right? Basically, if you're finding your investment ideas through these tips, mm -hmm. it's really dangerous because people are promoting the ideas that they like. Now, it's not to say that we won't be willing to take a tip when it comes, but then we have to go to the step of researching the return. Yeah. And that's the part that I think gets missed. So I just wanted to kind of like, wanted to warn listeners to think when you hear that, the word tip, mm -hmm. an alarm bell should be going on. Ding, 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 ding. It's either not a tip <laughs> or it's an insider piece of information which you're about to embark on an illegal transaction or it's something that you know you, you're going to need to do your research on so i think out yeah. of all the things that i think about i mean you can also talk about the managing of risk so one is the assessing of risk of it but the other one is the managing of risk and that now we know as we get older that okay you want to make your bet on your interesting stock take five percent of your portfolio or two percent of your portfolio and allocate towards that risky bet, that's okay. And that brings us to the managing of risk through diversification. And that's the one mm -hmm. thing that when we're young and when we're excited, you know, it, we don't yeah. think about it. Well, why would I diversify if this is the one that is gonna go up a hundred times? So what exactly. do you think about those, those, those two points about- I, I think that, yeah, I think that's great. So research for me with this first investment, as you're saying, my research occurred during the hold of the investment and it wasn't research to say whether or not I should sell my investment or get put more into my investment. It was research to just validate my decision for being in it in the first place. So it was a very confirmation uh, bias. bias, very, very, very much so. Yeah. And so you, when you research, it's got to be from the right place. That was not the right place. I was just trying to confirm 
what I believe to be true. And uh, that bit me in the end. And then your, your second piece with tips, I couldn't agree more. And something I didn't think about at the time, when this guy was giving me the tip to a pharmaceutical company, a high risk play, for all I know, he could have had a whole investment portfolio built out that was very conservative. And this was his one risky play. And then my portfolio was 100% this risky play. And when you get a tip, you really don't know what that person's goals were, how their portfolio is built. So there's a lot to consider. And at the end of the day, it's your money, not theirs. And I think the biggest thing you can do is protect your own cash. And so if, if I can point to this guy and say, hey, I lost all this money and he's going to replace it, hell, maybe that's one thing. But that's not going to happen. You, you got to know why you're getting in the deal. And one last thing is to understand the fallacy of what your professor said to you. And for the listeners out there, of course, I missed being a multimillionaire in every thing that I missed. Mm-hmm. And I also missed all of the losing bets that I could have taken that I missed. So yes. then, you know, like that's, it's almost a meaningless statement because what we're doing is we're focusing in on the one thing that we miss, but hey, listen, sometimes you miss things that would have just absolutely destroyed you. And we don't often talk about those things that we missed. Yeah, exactly. And by the same token, the, the, even with people who have success, it could just be survivor bias where they just got lucky. And when they tell you, if, if my professor would have bought Microsoft and would have become rich, I still would have come away with the same mentality of, okay, first tip I get, I'm all in because it worked out for this guy. Um, you still got to come, come at it with fundamentals and you, you got to confirm what's true to your mentality and your goals because someone could become successful by the sheer luck of it. And if they tell you the way they got to the point they got and you're thinking this is the only way, that's not necessarily true. You got to do your research, do your homework, come at it from your own personality and your own goals. Yep. Yep. And I'm going to just add in two other things for the listeners that there's two, two things that I would highly uh, recommend. The first is, is that when I was about 26 years old, I managed to get into a seminar with a man named Dr. W. Edwards Deming, and he taught about statistics and variation in quality control and in manufacturing process. A real brilliant guy. He's changed my life forever. But he really, really, really made me think a lot about variation. And I believe that helped me a lot in my career in finance to understand variation. So 90% of what I'm hearing from people I know is just they are claiming something to be some standout thing when in fact it's just normal variation. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing and I'd recommend to any of the listeners that you get his book, Out of the Crisis, a great book, a great book. He was 90 years old when he taught those seminars and I was just a 25-year-old kid sitting in there absorbing every single bit of it. Uh, The second thing is that after doing all of these interviews, I've kind of come up with my guidelines on how to invest and it's uh, basically a six-step process and I'll just go through the steps. First, find your idea. You could find it through a tip. Okay, fine. Take it from anywhere. Mm -hmm. But find your idea. Number two is research your return. Number three is assess your risk. Number four is create your plan. Number five is execute your plan, right? You got to buy it in order to get it. 
And then finally is monitor the progress of that plan. And of course, a plan would have an exit plan also in it. But the key thing about this is the separation between the research that we do on return and the research that we do on risk. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is what I've really seen as a bit of a nuanced thing. A lot of times we do research on risk and return together. But I would highly recommend the listeners and, and ourselves as we go through our lives of investing to separate the excitement of researching the return from the world of researching risk. And mm-hmm. that's where we really have to challenge our idea and look for alternate opinions and things like that. So this also, your story reminds me of separating those two. So mm-hmm. couldn't agree more. Fantastic. All right. Well, so now let's, let's just boil this down based on what you've learned from this story and what you continue to learn. What one action would you recommend our listeners take to avoid suffering the same fate? Absolutely. Great question. So on our podcast, we have this frequent guest, Paul, Paul Caseberg, and something he says a lot, and I'm a huge believer in, is you have to create an an investment paragraph. This is where you write down what I'm looking for, why I'm looking for it, what's the location, what's the risk, what type of stock is this, what type of real estate product is this. You have to have in writing exactly what you're looking for, kind of like your point number one, you have to have an investment in place to research. Yep. And so this, this investment paragraph is essentially your filtering system of does this investment pass these check boxes for me? And if it does, then it's worthy of my time in the form of due diligence. If it doesn't, it's a pass. And so that's, that's the biggest thing. If, if I was to write an investment paragraph back when I was in high school, it, it would have been, get a tip, go all in. These days, it's, you know, I'm looking for a stock that's in between a certain price range. It has a certain return target of this, a certain risk of this. And if it meets that criteria, then that's something I would look further into. Mm. But it's all about being disciplined enough to look that investment paragraph that you create and stick to it. That's, that's your number one thing. Create, create that paragraph and don't ad- adjust it to make an investment fit. Got it. All right. So ladies and gentlemen, that's great actionable advice. Let's call it your own personal IP. Not I intellectual like property, but investment paragraph. Great stuff. Oh, great. Okay. Last question. What is your number one goal for the next 12 months? Number one goal at RealCrowd, our, our focus is real estate investing. And we're building out our university course to help our audience, both our investors and then our listeners on the podcast, just to develop the tools they need to make better investment decisions in the real estate world. So the next year, that's, that's my sole focus. Uh, just putting my head down and just building out the courses and really helping investors learn the fundamentals to commercial real estate investing. And let me ask you a question about that. Since my mm-hmm. listeners are all around the world and a lot in Asia, is real, obviously there's local issues with real estate. Mm-hmm. But when we think about real estate investing generally, mm-hmm. are there commonalities that someone should know these foundational things? And if so, you know, can the listeners find that from your Real Crowd University? Yeah, I think Real Crowd, as you're kind of saying, separate risk from return. Our biggest thing, we call it start with risk. 
So when, when you start to build out what you're looking for in real estate, start with risk. And in, in commercial real estate, much like other investment types, risk and reward go hand in hand. The, the more risk you're taking on, the more potential reward you have. In, in our world, there's four different risk types of real estate deals. There's core, which is your lowest risk, lowest reward. There's core plus, which has a little higher reward and a little higher risk. There's value add, which has even more risk and even more reward. And there's opportunistic, which has the most risk and the most reward. And that's, you know, that, that's an area we continue to educate investors on because anytime someone's looking at an investment, the most attractive thing is usually the return or the potential return. And to really get people to think about the relationship between risk and reward. If, if you're trying to get a bigger return, usually that also includes bigger amount of risk you're taking on. Got it. That, I love the idea. It's kind of like risk buckets. Mm -hmm. Thinking in those risk buckets can help a lot. So Absolutely. Great stuff. All right. Well, listeners, there you have it. Another story of loss to keep you winning. Mm -hmm. Find more stories like this, previous episodes, and resources to help you reduce your risk. Visit myworstinvestmentever.com. As we wrap up, Tyler, thank you again for coming on the show. I know it's painful talking about our losers, but our listeners are learning to win. As a result, do you have any parting words for the audience? Yeah, I would say the biggest thing, I know we talk a lot about investing on here. What I found the quickest way to grow your bank account is save money, don't spend it, have a monthly budget. And once you start saving, find a financial advisor and have them help you build out a portfolio and figure out what your goals are and uh, what your risk tolerance is. That's the, in my opinion, that's the best way to go. Take it from my experience, from my worst investment ever to trying to build a more sustainable lifestyle. You can't go wrong. Looping in experts and professionals to really help you build out your portfolio. Yep. I love that. And uh, as we, as we used to hear from Benjamin Franklin, a penny saved is a penny earned. I like to say in my book on how to start building your wealth, investing in the stock market, take pride in living deeply below your means. I like it. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and protect our wealth fellow risk takers. I'll see you on the upside.